Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. On a recent edition of the Electronic Cottage, we mentioned a law that was passed here in Maine, quote, an act to protect the privacy of online customer information, end quote. That law would make it mandatory for internet service providers to get affirmative permission from their customers, who are, after all, paying pretty big bucks to have access to the internet, if the internet service provider wanted to use, disclose, sell, or provide access to a customer's personal information. The law was supposed to go into effect last July, but perhaps not surprisingly, internet service providers sued through their national trade group, ACA Connects. The name of the court case, in the event that some listeners may be interested in seeing what the ISPs object to is, quote, ACA Connects-America's Communication Association versus Fry, end quote. In this case, Fry refers to Aaron Fry, Maine's current attorney general. It's pretty interesting reading, and if the new law stands as written, it could have a night and day effect on our privacy and control of our personal information as we use the internet. We'll keep following this case as it wends its way through the courts. We also mentioned on that same program that another good way to protect our privacy online is to use a domain name server, or DNS, that doesn't collect what we search for on the web or what sites we visit. That program is in the Electronic Cottage Archives at www.weru.org if you'd like to review what a domain server does and why it knows everything that we do on the web. We mentioned Cloudflare as one such domain name server that does not keep records of what we do online. For those who might want to set their browser or operating system to use this DNS, we've posted a link with pretty simple instructions on how to do that on the webpage for today's program at weru.org. Protecting privacy online is moving more and more to center stage these days. A few states have already passed laws that put more control over the gathering and use of personal data and information back into the hands of us individual web users. There are also a number of bills in Congress that deal with control over personal information, but given the makeup of Congress at the moment, no one is holding their breath about when a reasonable privacy bill on the federal level might actually appear. Interestingly, Initiatives enhancing privacy of late have come from private parties like Apple and Google, both of whom have introduced major initiatives that are intended to enhance a user's personal privacy. Apple, for example, is making a very big change in iOS 14 that is used on Apple iPhones and iPads. First, a little background. It's no secret to anyone that our activities on the web can be tracked across websites, even ones that have nothing to do with one another. One day a person looks at a knit shawl that might make a good present for grandma, and voila, it seems that every other site that person visits afterwards has ads or articles about knit shawls. We're betting this type of situation is not unfamiliar to many listeners. But how does one website know what we looked at on another website, even in another country? Well, for those using an iPhone or an iPad, 
The answer is something called the IDFA, which stands for Identifier for Advertisers. Apple assigns this ID to a particular device so that advertisers can, you guessed it, follow that ID number all over the web, wherever it may go. That's how looking at a shawl or a pair of shoes or a snowblower on one site winds up generating ads for similar items on other sites. Users of iPhones or iPads have been able to turn this IDFA ID off, but if a person didn't know it existed in the first place, or couldn't muck around in the lower levels of settings on their device, it wouldn't get turned off at all. The big change is that Apple is now requiring any app that's loaded onto an iOS 14 device to specifically ask the user if it's okay if the app uses the special IDFA marker to follow the user around the web. The language in the prototype pop-up box that Apple showed actually asked the user if it's okay to, quote, track across apps and websites owned by other companies, end quote. Wow, that is pretty clear. Odds are pretty good that when this goes live later in the spring, a lot of people are going to say, no thanks. On the other hand, companies that make their money from that kind of tracking are not very pleased. Can you say Facebook? Facebook is so concerned that the company took out full-page ads in newspapers, essentially saying that not allowing this kind of across-the-web tracking will hurt the many small businesses that rely on information that Facebook provides them to target advertising more effectively. And in a quarterly earnings call to investors, Facebook's CEO warned investors to expect smaller advertising revenue when the Apple changes go into effect because, Facebook expects, many, if not most users, will choose not to opt into that tracking. Facebook is actually exploring suing Apple for anti-competitive behavior because of this requirement that users have to opt in to tracking. The fact that Facebook and many others assume that users will not opt in to being tracked seems to say a lot about how they're conducting their businesses at present. And this proposed change at Apple is not the only privacy-enhancing tech that's being explored these days. Apple is also affixing, quote, privacy labels to apps in its app store, labels that are modeled on the nutrition labels that we see on food products in supermarkets. And Google, of all companies, is announcing that it will disable so-called third-party cookies in its Chrome web browser, the most used browser on the web. And we'll look into what those changes might mean for our control of our personal information on the web, right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage. Mm -hmm.